This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. The title of this message is Restoration. The text is found in Second uh, Corinthians thirteen eleven. I'm going to be reading out of the um, uh, out of the English Standard Version because it says it so well. It says, "Finally, brothers," and we're going to add sisters uh, in there as well. One, the Voice Translation says, "Brothers and sisters, rejoice." Aim for restoration. There's more to the scripture, uh, that verse of scripture, but we're going to focus on this first high. The first word rejoice means to fill with joy. Re is always again. It means to repeat again. So again, uh, fill with joy. Uh, Again, be full of joy. Now, joy is a fruit of the spirit but it's also where does where does joy come from well the bible says fullness of joy is found in the presence of the lord in the presence of the lord but you know we we don't have to wait uh to experience the presence of the lord till we get to heaven jesus said pray this way that uh, that God's kingdom come, God's will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And so God is personally present with us. God is for us. God loves us. He sent us his Holy Spirit that he is, not it is, but he is. You know, Holy Ghost is not cousin it. He's a person. The third person of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. He will not come. That's the promise of the Father. And what would that promise be? He said, I'm not, he said, I'm going to be with the Father, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and he will be with you. He will be the one that is with you. And you know, um, He's with you when you lie down at night, when you get up in the morning, when you're at work, when you're uh, going about your everyday life. God is not. God does not live in this in this metal building. He lives in hearts. You know, now it's good that we come looking for God. You know, in the church, but the real church is the people. You're the church. You're the home address of God. See? Uh, God, <laughs> the lesson from the Old Testament was they put him in a box and he got out and he ain't never got back in. I mean, he got out of there. They can't find the box because God hid it. It's like, it's gone. I ain't going back in that box now. Are you listening? No. He... he he wants to live with us by living in us. And he is with us because he's in you. Amen. And if he's not, we can fix that. See, say, Jesus, come into my heart. 
come into my life. See, it's a religious prayer that once Jesus has, you say, God be with us. Well, God's with with us. If he's in you, he's with you. As Jesus said, he shall be with you and he will be in you. First he has to be with you, then he has to be in you. But once he gets in you, he's always with you. You get the tape, rewind it, and figure They don't use tapes anymore, do they? But go back and watch it again. You'll get that. Amen. I'm talking real fast. But the term rejoice means that, you know, there there are certain things that that uh, that bring us joy, uh, uh, bring us uh, feelings of joy, a certain degree of happiness, uh, here in the world that God has created for us to enjoy together with him. However, fullness of joy is when we are acknowledging him, we're living with, living our lives together with him, and that, uh, you know, uh, he's not just in church on Sunday or some special spiritual high moment or this or that. No, God wants to do life with us. And when we do life with God, boy, all of a sudden, you know, you'll find uh, joy is everywhere. You don't have to, you know, it's not 50 miles to the nearest rest area or gas station. He's right here, right now. He certainly is in this book. When you open up this book, you're face to face with God. You'll hear him speak out of what he's already spoken. But fullness of joy. Uh, is in and what does that mean fullness uh, whatever capacity uh, you have whatever measure you bring you know if you bring a thimble be full of full of them you know thimble full of joy if you bring you a, a, a sand bucket or a five gallon bucket or a 300 gallon watering trough or you bring a tractor trailer uh, tanker God's got enough you know, God's happy most of the time. And occasionally he gets angry, but it says it only endures for just a brief moment. And he won't hold it overnight. His mercies will be brand new in the morning. So, you know, if God's not holding it against you, look at your neighbor and say, why should you? Or is joy in knowing we are forgiven? God don't hold a grudge. God doesn't backtrack and all this kind of uh, stuff. You know, yesterday's gone. So be full of joy. Rejoice. Fill with joy. It means to fill with joy again. Uh, you may find that difficult to do, but you know God knows how. God will just, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's funny how God will just um, put you in the river. The Bible says there is a river that makes joyful, that makes glad. Uh, the people of God, it runs through the city of God. He's talking about a natural thing in Jerusalem, but also talking about a spiritual thing. And all when you're in the river, all you got to do is kind of open up your mouth. Take a little sip while you're taking the dip. It isn't that hard. Now I guarantee you, you turn on the nightly news, you're not going to be full of joy. But you, but there's a world of stuff out there if you'll tune into a different channel. Are you listening? 
Now, how do I rest? You know, you'll feel something. You'll feel, you can, you can feel the tangible presence of God. Just like right now, the Holy Spirit's sitting on top of what I'm saying. Hovering over your life. Hearts are starting to burn. Now, why does he do that? So, you know, because he's yearning over us. He wants you to yearn towards him. See, it's just not that hard. You make it so, religion makes it hard. You know, 14 hula hoops going at one time. All the bracelets are spinning. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know. God in heaven, I never could manage one hula hoop. I just, you know, need to be real. I needed a real God then when I first hooked up with him. I sure need a real God now, you know. And I believe this today, if you'll open up your heart, there is a revelation that will bring a realization. That line in that song, uh, open up my eyes and show me who you really are, see. That's all God wants to do. Just be looking. Just be looking for God. And he's more than willing to show us. Oh, not signs to prove that he's real. He's real. He is real. Are you listening? You don't need a sign. Jesus is all the sign we need. God's already, Jesus said that. He goes, the only sign you're going to get is the Son of Man. Three days in the belly of the earth like Jonah was in the belly of the great fish. But you know, uh, the devil couldn't hold him and he sure can't hold you when, when you decide to go with Jesus. So, uh, be full of joy. Fill with joy again. The next word is, finally, brethren, rejoice. And that says, aim for restoration. Aim means to, and you would think that we understand these terms, but let's, let's dig a little deeper than just, you know, common knowledge or conventional wisdom or, or what we think we know. You know, have you ever found out sometimes in life that what you thought you knew only went so far? Till you really got there and then you found out, boy, I didn't really know at all. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't understand the toilet paper just magically appeared. It was always there. But when you get older, it's like, you got to buy that stuff? Now, why would you say that? Don't you remember 2020? The first thing out of the gate, the sign that we were in trouble was there was no... The sign of a, re- of a recovery is <laughs> you go to the big box store and Miss Sandy goes, I do not understand why they cannot keep paper products. A whole year later, what is the problem? Well, we're in a crisis. We're in a pandemic. Let you know which end people are thinking about. They're going to have to save your own self. Now you tell me what kind of sense it, it makes that the whole world's turned upside down or this or that and folks are running for toilet paper. It was the first shortage that we, it was the first real sign. That's why I said you don't need a sign. To believe. Amen. All right, now that we've got your attention. 
know, it says aim for. It means, to aim means to determine, you know, it means to point towards, but it also means to determine a course. And that is colored by, characterized by purpose. It's intentional. It's not accidental. It's intentional. Aim at. Determine the course. And what would that course be? Well, it should be God's course for our life. There is a way, the Bible says, seems right to a man, but the end of that is destruction. Well, you know, have you ever noticed that God's way sometimes is just counter culture? It's, it's crossways. It's just going in a different direction than the way of the world. Hmm? Are you listening? Now, we're in the world. Let's enjoy the good things that God... God made the world good. He, he, he did all of creation and pronounced it good. I'm going to say the same thing. Are you listening? <laughs> I was tempted to curse my own vehicle this morning. Really, last night, boy, I wanted to say that piece of... Anyhow, but I didn't do it. Amen. I call it good. It'll run, not grow weary. Walk and not faint. You know, you start off running with a vehicle, but you wind up walking. You start off running in life, but you wind up walking. Amen. Determine a course. Decide a direction. Remember, decision and direction and destiny. A decision will, put a, will, will go in a direction. It determines a direction and winds up in a destiny. Now, so he says, aim at restoration. Aim at, determine the course. And I believe God has determined a course for our lives uh, here. Uh, if you're under the sound of, uh, of my voice, I believe this, is a, this has been something that uh, has been just this verse of Scripture. Boy, when I first uh, heard it, saw it, it just went, it's just one of those things that just went boom. The, the life exploded out of it. Because I believe that God, this is a year of restoration. And I believe it's just the first year. I, I believe that God is going to work uh, this word of restoration, aim for restoration. Why? Because that's the course that God has set. And it will be a journey. It will not be just a, a you know, there are no quick fixes in church. There are miracles, but you, you know, you can't, you can't live off of miracles. That's not what God intended. God has them, but God wants us to live by seed time and harvest. Live the kingdom way. Where you can actually sow and grow your way out of where you are into where God wants you to be. God's original plan for man was he put him in the garden. He said, now tend this thing. That would include seeding. He said, fill the whole earth with Eden. He said, I've given you all the seed that you need. Now you work seed time and harvest. You sow and we'll grow and we'll reap and harvest and we'll do it again. Greater next time. I'll give you one kernel of corn, but I'll give you stocks got three years on it. And they'll be full of corn. You can eat as much as you want, but don't eat it all now. Don't eat your seed now, because then that's all you got. Isn't that right? 
I mean, even if you planted 10 seeds the next time, if you ate it all, only planted 10 seeds, oh my goodness, then you got 10 stalks with three ears on it. You're increasing now. You, you can, you got all the seed that you need to do whatever you want to do with. That's how God wants us to live. That's not very exciting, though, isn't it? Wouldn't you just like to, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, line them up, slam them down, and, you know, I mean, you come in one way, you go out the other, uh, live like the devil, and expect, anyhow. Oh. Uh, hallelujah. Now, don't get all worked up because you live like the devil. You know, like I said, you know, me and the devil wanted to say something bad about my car, about Sandy's car, actually, but. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I said, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." You know, you do have a choice who you run with, who you listen to, who you work with. It's the truth, isn't that right? Amen. Jesus said this. He said, "The devil comes." Now he's always going to come, but he said, "He ain't got nothing in me." Some of you are saying, yeah, but he's got a lot on me. No, he don't. Repent. You won't have to repeat. Just repent. You will not have to repeat. Isn't that right? The devil's always repeat after me. This is who you really are. This is all you'll ever do. This, isn't, this is all you'll ever have. No. See, we're going to say what God says about us because we believe it. Restoration is this. It is the action there, there is an action. God is a doer. God's not just a talker, honey. God's a doer. God says if God talks it, he is going to walk it out and work it out with you. If God says, I'm going to do this, you can put that, you can take that to eternity bank. God will, not one word of that will fail. And this word restoration says aim for restoration. Why? God is a God that over and over and over again, and we're going to have a personal encounter and experience with God, if you will. You remember the disciples said this. He would tell stories, and then afterwards they said, we need an explanation of the revelation. He said, well, it's been given to you. He said, to them, it's just a story. There's no, there's no explanation for the revelation. They just take it, oh, good sermon, hard to understand, but, you know, we did the church thing. But when, you got, when they got with him privately, they said, this is a revelation, but without an explanation, how are we ever going to know it? We need to help us to understand. And I'll tell you, this word restoration has a personal explanation from Jesus. We got, this is a journey. I said, this is a journey. If you found old 57 Chevrolet two-door out there in the field, been sitting there for, you know, 50 uh, years, and, and uh, you knew it was a restoration project, depending on what condition you started with would depend on everything that you'd have to do to it. You're not going to find one sitting out uh, in the middle of the field uh, all dressed up, you know, for the auto show. If you did, somebody stole it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. No, 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 no. Leave it be. Amen. No, you. We understand that. If you, it, it, there's a there's a world of old homesteads and 
and houses hidden in the woods around here. And if you were going to do a restoration project, you'd go in and you'd take it as where it's at, how it is. But uh, seeing, uh, aiming at or uh, aiming for restoration, you could see it in, in picture it not just in its former glory, but you know, because a lot of them, you know, uh, <laughs> let's aim for indoor plumbing. Let's aim, let's aim for, uh, you know, for electricity and insulation and things like that. It would actually be more than before. Better than before. Are you listening? So it is an action. And I'm going to tell you what now. God's a doer and you'll find God's doing when God do when we do. A lot of people waiting on God. God's waiting on you and I. When we do, out of believing the faith that has works, see, you'll find when, you, when God gives us a word and we, and, we, and we look at it like this, how does this apply to me? See, a revelation has to have an application. Or it's not a revelation. If it doesn't find an application in our life, you know. You listen to a sermon, a message, a teaching on salvation. How does that apply to me? You listen to one on uh, relationships, forgiveness. How does that apply to me? Listen to one on, uh, you know, finances. How does that apply to my life? See, the application... See, is what brings the real transformation in our life. There are a lot of folks that have revelations, but there's no transformation. There needs to be a transformation. Change. Change. For, for a Christian just to do all that we've always done, see, that's not growth. And we, you know, we can choose that, but goodness sakes, you know, I'm glad that I'm not sitting here today in the turtleneck sweater and plaid bell-bottom breeches with a gold chain and a big old medallion that I wore in fifth grade. How many of you remember the platform shoes? Are you listening? Aren't you glad you go, look at that old hippie. Where in a, he ain't changed at all. Amen? No, there, there's change in our life. Transformation means change. And, and God has purpose that we would actually be conformed but also transformed into the image of his dear son. We would look like Jesus. Amen. Well, maybe not physically, but you know, I'll tell you what, you can see, you can see folks that there's actually literally, I mean, sin is hard on folk. It's hard on you. It'll make you old for your time. It, it, it'll, it'll rough you up, see. But, uh, but righteousness, I mean, walking with God, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, you'll be, your youth will be renewed. Literally. Amen. You'll feel young. You'll look young. Somebody says, well, I'm way past that point. Well, you know, not really. Not really. 
I mean, uh, Abraham was well on up in years. Sarah was way up on there too. She called him old man. I'm sure he called her old woman. But here come God. Isn't that right? Never occur to you that old man walked many a mile to get from where he was to where God had him going. And he didn't stop there. He walked all the way down to Egypt and had to walk all the way back up out of there. Then walked all around and wandered all around the promised land for all them years. You know, you try being, uh, you know, 90 uh, and 100 years old and having a baby. Not just the act of having a baby, but keeping up with the rascal. I mean, we don't think about those things. I did, you know, at 62, I do when there's two two-year-olds at home and one four-year-old uh, uh, sitting here. And I'm going to tell you what, now, you've you got to have some form of youth renewal just to keep up, to get through breakfast. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, this morning... Uh, I guess I left the door unlocked. I just assumed that, you know, that uh, the adults would be up. But apparently the two-year-olds got up, went outdoors, and had them a time. <laughs> I found toys in the uh, cattle trailer. that They'd thrown toys in for the dogs. So they get, apparently they was in the driveway <laughs> having them a time. <laughs> uh, Came in with the bubble blower and uh, some uh, chalk or ready for business. Like, yeah, y'all going to get up? We're going to bubble and chalk you. Understand? I said, you got you to gotta be young just to keep up. Amen. Amen. Restoration. Don't, don't shortchange yourself by shortchanging God. Don't limit God. Amen. I don't care how old you are right now. 120 long and strong is what I'm believing. I'll never back up on it. Where you're concerned, that's my prayer. I'm going to believe that. And God can do, if he can work, if he can show men how to rework old 57 Chevy, what can he do with you? Well, it'd be harder with me. Yeah, because the 57 Chevy won't argue back. It'd just take it. Isn't that right? (laughs) It'll take whatever you do to it. We argue. And fuss. No, he said aim for restoration. It means the action. So God's about to do some things. It means the action of returning something to a former owner. Well, there you go now. You don't, folks don't belong to the devil. God made man for himself. God said man is his creation. The devil stole everything he ever had. He holds folks hostage. But Jesus came to set them free. Are you listening? That one you say, oh, they're just giving over to the devil. They don't belong to that. They, your family does not belong to the devil. You don't belong to the devil. Those people you're around, they don't belong to the devil. They need to be restored, returned, brought back to the original owner. Who be good to them, who love them, who restore them, who will cause them to be who they're supposed to be. Imagine, just imagine. Listen, you know that famous song that says, Imagine there's no heaven. 
I'll tell you what, I imagine there being a heaven here on the earth and folks responding and, and connecting with God and, and what that person would be like if they only knew the Jesus that you have come to know. What would be the potential and the possibility? Oh, you'd love to be around them. You'd love to call them brother, sister. Amen. Folks, return something someone to a former owner to a former place you know uh the uh place that we belongs close to god in the in right relationship with god there's nothing keeping folks from that right relationship isn't dependent on them being right it's on the rightness that jesus has done he made people right with himself there's no, there's not one barrier, there's not one thing that anyone could ever think or do or say that would separate them from the love that put Jesus on the cross and made a way for them all I have to do is change my mind, set a course, aim at restoration. The first greatest restoration, be restored to God. It means to be for, to be restored to a former condition. Now, what would that former condition be? Well, Jesus said it well. He said the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? Man in the glory of God, in the garden, in fellowship with God, walking and talking with God, working with God. Are you listening? It, it just they didn't. They had no inclination they had no uh, no sin consciousness i mean they were just in the presence the goodness the glory the greatness of god original condition right with god now they were right with god because god created them right things went wrong but they were, their original condition, they were created right. They did not do one thing to make themselves right. They were made right by God. You can't do one thing to make yourself right with God except decide to let God be God and make you new. And make you right with himself. Only God can do that. But he can do that. The root of uh, the word restoration, and we'll be finished here in a second, because I'm pushing the line on believing for the miracle to get you out of here early. <clears throat> the root of the word uh, restore, it means, uh, of restoration is restore, it means to bring back into existence or use, to reestablish, to bring back to an original condition, it also means to put someone back in a prior position. To, and it means, and the last meaning would be this, it means to give or to make a restitution to restore the stolen. You know, uh, the devil stole man's highest place of being in right relationship with God. But Jesus restored man's highest place of being in right relationship with God. It's just that simple. And there's only two choices. You have one God or you have the other. Oh, I know. You know, isn't it interesting that the, uh, you know, uh, the devil never came up with anything original. There are many faces of God, many expressions uh, how God expresses himself as Father, Redeemer, Savior, Lord, Master, 
healer, deliverer, El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Roi, Jehovah Rapha, all of the different, just the same way as that my name is Bruce. But I'm a husband, I'm a grandfather, I'm a farmer, I'm a pastor. Do my best sometimes to be a guitar player. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. Same could be said of you. You, you uniquely, uh, you. Well, the devil is a rat, a liar, a murderer, a killer. A robber, a deceiver, appears as an angel of light, but he ain't no angel of light. He can't even think up his own words. He's got to twist the scriptures. He can't even tell a whole lie. Most of it's got a half truth in it. You understand what I'm saying here? Well, it's only two choices. You know, sometimes, you know, that God is face to face, but the devil always wears a mask. Great pretender and a great pretense. But there's only two choices. Follow God, the one and true and only living God, or follow all these false gods. See? Gods of our own choosing. But I'll tell you this, God chose everyone. Chose you. Chose you to be here today to hear this. Amen? So aiming at restoration would simply be this. It would be... uh, to determine a direction. Decide what direction. There are two destinies. Heaven on earth and then heaven for eternity. Together forever with God. Or in the opposite direction. A place called hell that was never made for man. It was built for the uh, devil and his angels. But men will wind up there. Why? Because they refuse to follow Jesus, except what Jesus had done, because there is no other way. No one comes to the Father except by me. These are the words of Jesus. You know, we can't take a chance of something as important as eternal destiny. Can't afford to be guessing about that kind of stuff. You know, the Holy Spirit's working right now. Pastor Ron's going to come and we're going to take just a, uh, just a moment here. The Holy Spirit's working right now with these words. Let me tell you the ultimate. We're in, we're in a time of reset for a redo that will result in an ultimate restoration. Let me tell you where that starts. You know, re- the ultimate reset is repentance. It's not a religious term. It's just simply change your mind. Change your mind about God. God will change your heart. Change your mind. Have a willing heart towards God. You know, God, if you're real, I'm willing to hear what you have to say. But the Holy Spirit, it's the work of the Holy Spirit to convict, the Bible says, the world of sin. Convince the world of judgment. And of righteousness. So we're going to trust the work of the Holy Spirit here today. And I want to offer you this opportunity. Boy, the ultimate reset 
in your life is repentance. Isn't it good that we could just push the button with God and just say, you know what, God, I changed my mind. Show me who you really are. God will give you one chance. God will give you a million chances if that's what it takes because he, he believes you. He believes you. God is so authentic and so sincere. And when we're just authentic and sincere, just say, you know what, Lord, I can't change myself, but here's the thing. I'm changing my mind, but I need you to show me. I'm listening and I'm looking for the realization, uh, but I need a revelation because I really want a transformation. And here's what I'm going to bring you, Lord. I'm going to bring you, I'm, I'm going to do something. Now, there's an, how does, show me what the application of this is. And the very first thing, just a simple prayer. Simple, but sincere. I prayed to prayer 38, now almost 39 years ago. And I repeated after the preacher. I'm sure it was along the lines, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of saving grace and Jesus come into my heart and all of that. But inside of me, where my heart was, I said, God, if you're real, I cannot change myself. I'm saying words. I'm doing the best that I can with what they're telling me to do. This guy knows God. I'm going to follow him and try to follow you. But I'm telling you, God, in my heart, I want to believe that you're real. But you've got to show me. And the only way that I'll know that you're really real is you've got to change me. I cannot change myself. But I'm willing. Let's just see. And you know what? God did. To my utter amazement. And to this day, it is still amazing grace. Because he's ever showing me who he really is. And I'm ever discovering... Who he, who he meant me to be. Amen. And you can do the same thing. If you want to redo, I'll tell you God's, uh, God is ready to do something for you today. This word of, of restore and restoration is, gonna, is going to become a work of God in your life. Because God is a God that works. He works his word. This isn't just another sermon or another, you know, teaching or another, you know, uh, lecture or what have you. You can, you can dismiss it to that. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll take it as the word of God to you and say, God, how does this apply to my life? God will be the how. And how. God will do this and how. Boy, oh boy. He delights in surprising us. He delights in amazing us. He delights in just doing simply astounding, astonishing things. Where every day will be filled with God. How did you know God knew? God, how would you down to this this minute detail? God says, because I love you. I know you. I'm with you. I'm for you. So let's pray this prayer if you're ready today. And I believe that there are people in the house. I believe also that there are people uh, out there both near uh, and far. Irregardless of 
wherever you are. This is for saint and for sinner uh, alike. Where, wherever you fall on either side of the line, whatever, you know, uh, wherever you are, say, God will meet you there. Just be sincere and simply you with him. And I'll tell you uh, what, there's, uh, you know, uh, after a while, repentance gets to be fun. See? Because you get, okay, God, I changed my mind. I've tried it my way. I've tried it their way. I've tried it every way. But I'm ready to try it your way. And here comes God. That's all he's waiting for. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I repent. Because I don't want to repeat anymore. I don't want the same old thing. I want a restoration. I want to come back to my purpose, position, and condition with you, close to you, walking and working out life with you. Change my heart, change my life. Transform me, Lord. And I thank you for doing that. I am sorry. It's taken so long to come to here. But I'm here now. And from now on, I will follow you. All the rest of my days. All the way. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer... A lot of places they want you to raise your hand and this and uh, and uh, uh, this and that. I believe it's important to acknowledge God. I believe it's important to acknowledge Him publicly. Uh, uh, but I don't believe that it is absolute criteria that it fits some kind of a religious mold or it become a, a church tradition. Um, and uh, we'll close with this. I. I uh, you know, we got saved after everybody had left. Um, and we went to some friends' house. And those uh, uh, friends were, um, were friends that we'd been, had, had, you know, uh, just like us, normally. We had supper. And, of course, they offered us, uh, which was normal. We, we, you know, we used to uh, have a toddy or a beer or something like that with our meal and everything. They offered that to us. And, you know... We hadn't no more than fresh come off of that prayer, and when they offered that, it was it was just like no, no, thank you. It's just that simple. It just had to say no, thank you. You know, we. I remember saying no, you know, no, thank you. I, I did what they call got saved today, and I just really don't care for any. That was it. I really didn't. You know, I mean, it was not a temptation or anything like that at all and uh but the real test was i worked with this guy at work and he was actually a scoffer and kind of a mocker uh and things but he did more to witness to me telling about how his ex-wife had uh and that family had given their heart to the lord and he goes man i just don't understand that he said you know i go to church with him because a little girl and he said they just this christian thing he said but i'll tell you one thing he said i'll tell you they're changed now they are changed and so I, I remember that, you know, working on the woodyard, he, uh, he worked in the shack and I worked out on the yard. And I remember, you know, I'm going to go face to face and toe to toe with old scoffing, mocking Joe. And uh, Joe, if you're listening, you know, I love you, brother. I mean, we, we both of us was ignorant. Uh, 
that time. But uh, I remember going up there, and I had, boy, I tell you, I pulled all the, I got like old chicken, got out in the yard and got all the grit gravel I could scounge up. Well, I went in there with grit in my craw and steel in my backbone. I thought, you know, I'm a Christian now. I don't exactly know what that means, but it do mean I'm not ashamed of Jesus, and I'm going to have to tell Joe, no, Joe, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Amen. Uh, that was my big, that was my make my stand. Like I said, it, it wasn't in front of the church crowd. I'm sure they would have applauded and, and thought that was wonderful. But I decided to follow Jesus in the world that I lived in. I decided to be a Christian in the world and with the people that were part where that was it, where the rubber met the road, the reality of my life. And it's been that way ever since. Are you listening? I'm not one way on Sunday, another way the rest of the week. Are you hearing? I started out, this is a real world thing. This ain't no church thing. This is a reality for me. Folks aren't going to have to wonder whether I'm a Christian or not. And there's times I don't know. There's been many, many cases I never had to open up my mouth. After a little while they go, how come you're not a cussing and curse? I say, oh man, I used to. I made up cuss words. I could cuss you down big time. You just, man, you minorly compared to what I used to be. Well, how come you don't cuss? Because I ain't no need to. Amen. Jesus is in my heart. Had one fellow one time tell me, get done, pastor. You're going over time. Let me tell you this. One time he'd curse me up and down, make fun of me, and try to, he's squeezing the toothpaste uh, 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 tube, try to see what come out. One day he said, uh, uh, a bunch of junk. And he said, now, he said, he said, what in the, da, 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 da. A.O.S. you anyway. I said, well, Jesus lives in my heart. And he said, Jesus lives in your heart. He goes, how do you know that? I said, because before Jesus came to live in my heart, I said, if you'd have cussed somebody I love the way you're cussing God right now, I said, I'd have knocked you flat and kicked you in the head and made sure you didn't get up for a week and a half, and it wouldn't have bothered me at all. But because... Jesus lives in my heart. I'm not going to do that. You can cuss me and him all you want to. That seemed to suffice him. Amen. It don't always come out, you know, religious and pretty and proper and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, them the kind of boys I run with, he understood. (laughs) Understand? Don't cuss God in my presence no more. Because it might be I slipped back in my old ways. I'd feel bad. I'd have to repent. <laughs> Anyhow, God bless you for watching today. I know that we're, I'm probably talking to some good old boys out there, you know, and uh, uh, that's all right. Amen. I'm not going to be anybody that God, uh, but who God made me to be. And you know, you can be blessed in the country. Uh, as well as being in the uh, uh, city. And if you happen to be one of them good old boys that give your heart to the Lord, uh, I want to congratulate you. want to uh, tell you that that's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. You come on, we'll help you with it, Mrs., that we can. 
uh, the church house ain't going to fall down if you come inside. I know you've been hiding behind that excuse for years, all that kind of stuff. You come on as you are. You know, God give you a new heart. He'll give you a new life. We'd like to help you with that. You contact us. We've got some materials that we'll send you for free. Won't cost you anything. You know, actually, you can come to church. There's no admission charge at the door either. Ain't nobody going. These boys around here, I mean, they, they're, they're trained. They will not shake you down. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, it ain't going to cost you a thing. It costs Jesus everything. It's free to you. You come be with us. We love you. Till the next time you remember this, uh, you are very, very blessed. So you be at rest in the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.